Welcome everybody to another podcast of When Does the Fuckery End? I have a special friend here with me today that we're going to talk about, but until I do that, you know what we got to do first, Kyle Wright. Yeah, we're going to go through the list, right? That's right. It's called SemperFiFund.org. Focus Marines helped mm-hmm. me out a lot. Tunnels of Towers helped me out a lot. Joshua Chamberlain Society helped me out a lot. Semper Fi. Semper Fi Fund. I already said them, didn't I? I, I said them at remember, the beginning. Man. But Warfighters Engaged, they That's rebuilt it. my uh, equipment for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I a lot of people know that I play Xbox and all that and do that as well. So um, tonight we have a special guest with me, and uh, his name is Brett Tate. And I really don't know how to address Brett Tate, except for I met him one time on a weekend with my friend that I was going to visit named Phil Krein, and we, I think we became best friends. Was it at band camp? I think it was at band camp. Mm, it's always at band camp. How you doing, Tate? Good, man. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So tell me a little bit about your time in the service. Oh, my current time. Uh, so I joined... In late 2005, um, I came in, I think I was, I was experimenting with marijuana, um, my, my third time, cause that's on my record book, right? Uh, <laughs> <and> he, uh, <laughs> I was watching the first battle of Fallujah kickoff in 2004 and Experimenting with that marijuana, it led me to join the Marine Corps. Like, I, I was sitting there watching dudes kick doors in in Volusia, and I was like, man, I, I just, I need to be there. So, I went to the Marine recruiter's office, and I, you know, I signed up, and he asked me if I was stoned, and I said, absolutely. He said, "Man, you can't you can't join high. You can't be you can't smoke weed in the in the military. All this stuff." And I was like, "Oh God! All right, well, give me thirty days." <laughs> yeah. And thirty days, I came back and uh, we got all my waivers filled out, and then joined up. And then I think the end of '06 or '07. Went to Iraq. Went to Ramadi, Iraq, with uh, two. Five. Well, l- let me let me stop let me stop you right there. So, you're telling me your life was all fucked up before you joined the United States Marine oh, Corps? Dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You're telling me your life was fucked up before you joined the United States Marine Corps? Just a little bit, you know. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people, you know, especially the infantry folk, have have we're not we're not you know high class or high society. Uh, <laughs> I had, I just had a felony drop down to a class A misdemeanor um, while I was battling my third DUI. Um, and yeah, yeah, my life wasn't going, you know. But how, wait, wait, wait. For the listeners out there, you're probably going, holy shit. You know, they're throwing a bunch of felons out there because I've told my story too. And they're like, holy shit, they're throwing a bunch of felons out there. But listen to how our lives changed. And I want you to tell a little bit about your story about where you're at right now in life. Yeah, dude. Um, so, yeah, I was going through all that just just downward spiral, right? Uh, and 
you know, fast forward in life, I mean, the military really gave me an opportunity, right, to not only be someone to, but to create a family, right, and, and, and you know, own a few houses, um, get to experience friendships that I couldn't even imagine, you know what I mean? Oh, I know exactly what you mean, my friend. Know exactly what you mean. So let's let's go through a little bit about how you met me. What were your first impressions of me when you seen me and we start when we met? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we were. I think we were partying down Hollywood Boulevard, if I remember correct. Uh, no, this was in. Uh, this was actually out in uh, Hawaii when you and Crine were on the island still. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. We were partying in Waikiki. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was it? Oh yeah, we went over to uh, Phil's Phil's house where he was staying, and I think did I introduce you into? Uh, <laughs> Tennessee American Honey? Tennessee Whiskey? Yeah. Tennessee American Honey, that was it, man. I think we smashed that whole bottle and just got rowdy, and then we started fighting. (laughs) I have no arms and legs, and I'm just, like, fighting with them. Oh, so this was after your accident? Yeah, this was after my accident. Okay, okay. Yeah. So... We're just going at it, and I was like, I knew I loved this guy at the beginning of when I met him. And I was yeah, like, wrestle me, bro. <laughs> the best part about that is I had one of my junior Marines with me, if I remember, because he was my DD that night. Yes, he was. <laughs> and that dude was just sitting there, scared shit. <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> I had that big old help. I had that big uh, MC helmet on, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a picture Man. of me. I have it. We we have to get it. Uh, there's a picture of me with a big MC helmet on in Waikiki, Hawaii. It shows me, and I think him in it too. We'll have to put it on there for sure. Because someone was like, "Don't touch the fucking." The MC's guy's helmet in the garage, and I went in there and I was like, "Fuck that!" And I grabbed it, and put it on. Yeah, what is he gonna say to you? Right, what exactly. Are they gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That was a good time, you know. We 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 polished off a bottle of 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 uh, Tennessee whiskey, some Honey Edition, and then yeah, we just we started doing what normal people just. Do uh, normal okay. I gotta stop you. Normal people (laughs) covered in mud and dog shit. Mud and dog (laughs) shit. Yeah, that's right. We were just rolling around in mud and dog shit. Woke up in a farmhouse. Oh, you woke up in a farmhouse. Yeah, it was Bill Crane's place. There was fucking cows outside. I was like, what the? Did you did you wake up in like a pile of hay? No, it was like woke up in a farmhouse and then looked outside. They had like horses. Yeah, they had horses and cows and shit. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I do remember this. Yeah. Oh man. But anyway, okay. So, buddy, tell me how the Marine Corps. Tell me about your daughter. Tell or not your daughter. Tell me about your family. Uh, so yeah, dude, like, um, uh, I went through what I think every infantry guy goes through a few divorces, right. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, 
we are in a place for a certain amount of time and then maybe we go to combat or a deployment. We find a, a lucky lady that we just feel like we're not going to come back. So I think that makes us express some love towards people and get down on one knee like an idiot. Uh, but, you know, those are all trials through life. You know, you learn, you learn and, and you live through those. Um, so after my second divorce of doing that, uh, I kind of learned a little bit, right? Um, yeah. And, and I met we're all, really... Hey. We're, 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 all, we're all getting a little bit older. We all are starting to realize that it's like... You know, you're just fist in, this, it in, about? This, in this world with this thing called life, you know. And uh, yeah, so I met I met my, my now wife, right? Um, and I did it right. I met her in Hawaii. We, we dated. I went on a deployment. Came back. We moved in together. I went on another deployment. You know, came back. She was there for me again. And then I bought a house and then we moved in together. And we didn't get married until she was probably like six months pregnant with our first child. So, yeah, you know, we tested the water a little bit. I went on a few deployments, came back. She was still there. Uh, So, yeah, instead of just going on a deployment, get down on one knee. So, yeah, it's been good. And now we just we have a we have our eleven month old son together, so. Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear that. Um, so I'm gonna uh, bring up a topic right now. I think that uh, a lot of people should know about, and that is uh, veteran suicide. I had a bunch of um, clips on my phone of statistics from the 2023, actually from the VA, actual statistics from 2021. And what I'm wondering is why they don't have the actual statistics from 2023. Probably because so they're not done. Here, it, that's that's the problem, and that's another thing I want to talk about is veteran suicide. The rates are so high, and I tried it myself in 2016. I also knew Brett at the time, and um, it wasn't a good time. It wasn't a good time. So I want to bring awareness to that. And Brett, I just want to know what your thoughts on veteran suicide are nowadays. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it, it sucks because like, you know, one, none of us are all, none of us are, are qualified in, in the mental health, right? Like I, I'm not qualified to be a counselor. I'm, I'm there for you. You know what I mean? Like, um, but there was a there was a period of time, I think during that during 2016, 2015, where it was like, you know, I'd hear about two people a week, you know, that I served with. And I think I think talking people off the ledge as much as as much as I have, um, I would let it affect me uh, a lot. Yeah, I think I, I would put a lot of emotion and everything into it. Um, but you know come to come to find out you know like understand that i mean if as much as you talk to someone if they're gonna do it they're they're dead set on doing it right yeah and that's 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 hard you can't blame yourself right for that all you can do is move forward and you know make sure that you take care of their family uh their loved ones their kids if they have any any 
Uh, so it, it's all it just about make sure helping one another know. out. What's up? It's all about helping one another out because it's all we got is each other. Right. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, like, you know, if you hear about another one, it's like you can't you can't sit there and I guess wallow in your own self-pity. Right. And as much as I have Correct. right in, in the past. And I just like I, I just speak from experience through everything um, and just sit there and oh, I wish I would have called him more. I wish I'd have done this. I would have, you know, instead of doing that, focus more on, on, like I said earlier, like helping out their families, you know, maybe setting up a GoFundMe, maybe doing whatever 5K, whatever it can be um, to, to honor that person's life rather yeah. than, you know, go into a deep hole yourself. 100% agreed. Couldn't agree anymore. I mean, I remember when I was in that dark place. And when I was in that dark place, there was that was a place I didn't want to be. It was unimaginable. Like, I just, I had the suicide hotline hang up on me. Uh, I yep. don't speak about that very much because I don't want to bash the VA. I don't want people to think they can go to the VA. They can't go there, that they're not going to help because they have changed. But for me, the biggest part of going through that attempt was that I had to look my family in the eyes and realize that I could have changed their, all of their lives. And if there's one thing I can ever say, it is that there's someone out there that needs you, that always needs you. Like as much as I know Brett right now, I know I could rely on him if I ever needed to call him, if anything was down for that need. Someone any out there day, needs you. Any day or any night, you know? So. And it, and it has to be on, on the individual. You know what I mean? Like as, as, as males, as egos, and, you know, society wants it, right? We're not, there's the alpha male personnel out right. there. The, not, not a lot of people are going to call and, right. and ask for help. The, you know the I mean? alpha male yeah. image needs to be maintained, which it really, it really doesn't. You don't need to be an alpha male to ask for help. Alpha males need alpha males. So yeah. just because you're an alpha male doesn't you mean... you identify that you have a problem and that you do need help. And, and, and some of that shit, as much as it, it is bad in the moment... It's, it's going to get a little bit worse before it gets better. And it's going to be a struggle, uh, you know, getting that help. Yeah. And this is, this is where I want to go ahead and plug focus Marines again, because I mentor there. I mentor there for guys with PTSD and that are going through issues through their Marine Corps career and going through issues through life and going through what they went through in the past. And it's, it's opened up to you for free. You just have to, sign into their uh, website, which is focusmarines.org. And I'm telling you what, it's a program that'll, that'll make you look at life a little bit differently. Yeah. And you got to have that want, you know what I mean? Like you have to, it's as bad as shit is in, in your life. And as bad as shit has ever been in my life. I, I always, uh, recently I always just take a pause and I go, dude, and a year from now or six months from now, I'm going to be looking back at this time and going, oh, 
thank God I went through this or, or thank fuck that I didn't give up. You know what I mean? Right. Fuck yeah. Well, let's not end this on a sad note. Like all the talk we've just been going through. How about we pull out some of those would you rather cards, Kyle? Oh man. I mean, we're still early in, man. Oh, we're so early in. Yeah, we're, we're 16 still in. minutes in. I mean, I don't really know much about this gentleman. You here. don't know much about Brett? No. All right, Brett, tell us a little bit I more. mean, what do, what do you even do in the Marines, Brett? Oh. Wow. Uh, so right now. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. I'm a certi- I've been a certified babysitter uh, for adult children. So are you uh, a commander? <laughs> no, when he says certified <laughs> babysitter, he means a fucking goddamn gunny. Oh, he's a gunny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I just I just uh I just got selected to master sergeant. That's awesome. Uh, awesome, man. And master sergeant for uh, Marines is what rank? Is master what? sergeant? That's uh E what? E9 or 10? E8. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. See, I'm all fucked up. I yeah, haven't been in, in a while. That's a that's for me. That'd be a senior master. I run away from blobs like that, <laughs> dude. I never thought that I would ever see that, um, but I have. I have two and a half years left of obligated service, and that's it, man. Like I'll hang my hat. Uh, what? 20, what? 20 what? plus years. What I really want to dive into is that you're a Marine, a Marine like me, and what have you seen through the Marine Corps years of going from E4 to E8? God, um, you know that thing that we always used to be taught, uh, adapt and overcome, right? Uh, it, was a, it was a term used. There's just, I, I try to explain it to my peers because to, not going to lie, we're all tired, right? Uh, everybody that I've talked to that, that has been through uh, a portion of what we've been through, um, we're just tired. We're tired, um, you know, getting thrown, thrown through both wars and just that's it, you know, on to the next thing. We aren't relevant anymore. Um, but I think what I try to explain is, is, you know, in my short time, my short amount of time in 18 years, I've, we've seen so much change and just, we've had to adapt and overcome so much of that in, in such a short time that our brains are just, I don't, I don't want to say fried, you know, because I still get up every morning and, and put my monkey suit on and go to work, but we're at, we're at a point in life where it's like, dude, the, there's the finish line. You know what I mean? Like, oh, one hundred percent. I, right? You know, I know what you're talking about. Like, I was only in four years, but you've been a, you've been one of those guys that inspired me when I first met you. That you were a leader like me. You were like a no shit, I'm not taking any shit kind of guy, and we're gonna get shit yeah. done. And that's all leads back to the story you were telling us about earlier when. You know, you had the felonies and the DUIs, and then you went to the Marine Corps, and you changed. And I, I gotta ask though, is was it court ordered, like Todd's? Mine was not court ordered. No, but also, mine was okay. Mine was not court ordered. Mm-hmm. But it, okay, it wasn't court ordered. But they let you off because you were joining. Not court ordered. I was already in ASVAP, and then something happened. But you're fucking fired, Kyle. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about that on a different episode. 
Uh, don't worry, he gets fired every episode, Brett. So, um, what do you think about that? I mean, um, yeah, no, it was not. Yeah, no, I just contradicted myself. Uh, it was not court ordered. Uh, it was not court ordered. I did mention to the judge who had a metal hook for a hand. I remember this. Judge me. Um, he was like, "You spit on the sidewalk, and a cop wants to take you in." I'm. I'm doing an extra 365 days just because, you know, and I'm like, ah, dude, you know, and I'm, I, I think I just turned 18. Um, but I did my felony that got dropped down to a misdemeanor class a baby. (laughs) (laughs) So, so again, that's, you know, I was like, Hey, I want to do the infantry. You know what I mean? Pew, pew. (laughs) Pew, pew. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, nothing says better than that right there. Oh, man. Dude. Yeah, man, brother, you were just like me. But Dude, we I'm had a great you, time. I wouldn't have joined. I, and, and back then, they were taking in. I mean, we were at war, so they were taking. You got a felony? Fuck, no problem. Waiver, done. You failed the answer? No problem. Waiver, done. Go ahead. And now well, it's so hard to get in. Here's the problem is I think that that's what made us so good in that 30,000 surge through Marsha and shit that they didn't even know what to do because these guys were like, holy fuck. They just took over half of Afghanistan in like five days. (laughs) We had a lot of street knowledge uh, that we brought to the table. Um, And a lot of people now have more of the brain and nerd knowledge, right? Um, Right. Who haven't been this fight, right? Uh, so it's very, it's a very they're, complicated they're world. I'm, seeing it at, at, I'm over at the school of infantry, so bureaucracy. We do make them fight each other, like stuff like that. Like it, it's getting a lot better. It is a lot better program than you and I ever went through. You know, right? Way back. Um, they're they're a lot more intelligent. They get hands on a lot a lot of cool weapons. They get the. You know, instead of getting yelled at all the time, their staff sergeant or sergeant is their squad leader throughout the whole infantry training course. So Wow. So there's a lot that's changed, huh? There's a lot that's changed then. So you you stay with your drill instructor and all that? What's that? I said you stay with your drill instructor and all that? Uh, the, the combat instructor. Oh, okay. They'll get out of boot camp and we try to like, we try to kind of reprogram them into not, you know, being robots the whole time. But then, you know, um, with the whole construct of of 2030, right, they want staff sergeants as squad leaders uh, when we were doing the shit as Lance Corporals, right? But um, they want staff sergeants as squad leaders. So either the staff sergeant or the sergeant combat instructor will have his group of, you know, 14 to 16 and he will take them from t-day one all the way to the end okay okay so well let's let's talk a little bit more about brett and his deployments how when did you sign up we already talked about why you signed up we told we talked about that but what what years were you in and and what wars tell us a little bit about that oh man um so at the end of 05, I came in, all the, all the legal shit um, kind of settled, and uh, 
I think I was supposed to go on. Uh, I don't know if you remember a medley. I do remember a medley. Now, him and I were supposed to be on the buddy program, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he was in your your and Phil's unit. Um, now my we shit won't go first stuff, name until we why, figure out how far the story goes. Yeah, that's why we. I got held back. <clears throat> he went in, went on the East Coast. I went in and then stayed on the on the West Coast. Um, but like I said, the end of '05, and then because uh, I graduated in '04, so him and I were set up to go. Like right when we graduated, then I wanted to bring guns around. You know what I mean? Like, dude, zero you've got the off. most similar story to me that I have ever met in my life as a person like because this actually happened to me as well my buddy jimmy ryan and me signed up together and we're like you know what i'm going to join the marine corps and we both fucking made that pact right there on a bar stool and he ended up having to go and i got myself in trouble and then i was like Fuck, I'm not going to be able to get in. Waivers happened six months later. I got in. We fought the law and the law won. That's, you know what that's, I mean? Like, that's for sure. <laughs> the song doesn't lie, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, uh, as soon as I got in, they were like, hey, welcome to Fleet, bitch. Uh, <laughs> welcome we're to going, Fleet, bitch. <laughs> we're, going, we're going to Ramadi, Iraq. And we were like, uh Okay. Ramadi. So your first deployment uh, was Ramadi. Damn. Yeah. That's a rough one. Ramadi, and then uh, we went on uh, a Mew after that. Ho, ho, slow down. Tell us about Ramadi. I mean, I'm not asking graphics. I'm not asking. Tell me what a day what a day would look like for Brett Tate and Ramadi. Uh, Ramadi was pretty crazy um, the first few weeks. And then... Um, my unit, 2-5, we locked that fucking city down. So we started a thing, and, and every place that we took over in Iraq, it was from an army unit. And um, I remember these guys were like, we don't even go there on uh, in vehicles. Right. And my squad leader's like, cool, check it. We're going there on foot, like, tomorrow. We need you guys there. And they're like, we're not fucking going with you. And, you know, like, I didn't understand it then. Um, I kind of look back at it now, and it's like, you know, I lived I lived where bullets hit the building, you know, out in the middle of the town for six months, right? I think that is long enough. But, the, you know, you look back at the Army, and the Army has these 14-month deployments. Oh, well, guess what, bitch? You just got extended to 22 months. And you don't, you don't really see that, um, but we were going crazy. I mean, six months of that, but, um, well, that's, yeah. that, if it, can I cut, cut you off right there Yeah, is where that's where, um, the Marine Corps and the army differ in my opinion is because we go hard nine months, they go hard half of 14 months. And that's what I like to say is because I'm not dissing on the army. But at, in the middle of their 14 months, they got a break and they got to go do a vacation oh, yeah. or a stay for two or three weeks. And then they come back. We were grounding and pounding for nine months straight. And, and, I, and I've heard it in other places, you know, like 
I mean, it wasn't it wasn't WW two man where it was like no nothing like that years you know what I mean like you're fighting to survive you know what yeah. I mean um, they would they would it was weird man like the army was really good at that time uh, WW two and I think Vietnam's where they kind of fell off a little bit and in Iraq. Yeah, it was. Uh, anytime we worked with them, it was like, dude, I don't, I, I don't want to do this. I, like, they were, right. they were more or less shooting at anything. Yeah, uh, well, and they didn't want to go out. Um, so, so we took over Ramadi, did a few, a few weeks of, of just building to building, clears twenty four seven. We had a, we had two foot patrols out, um, two separate foot patrols. Um, and it was just, it was a grind and we locked that fucking place down. Uh, two seven was up in Karma, Iraq, right by Fallujah. Um, so they needed support cause they were getting KIAs and wounded every day. So, uh, I like to think we were the better company in golf. Uh, <laughs> we went up there about midway through deployment went over there, attached ourselves to 2-7. So we, we got in Humvees. We drove from Ramadi to Camp Fallujah on uh, Route Mobile. And, you know, we had the Frankenstein vehicles, the, the highbacks with all the welding on it. Um, that was just popping rip fuel. Uh, and drinking, chasing it down with rippets. Uh, <laughs> rippets. Now, now, hold on, hold on. For those in the, in the in the audience that don't know what rippets are, there was these little cans of what they called energy drinks, and I think they were made by the government. I'm not sure. <laughs> supported the war, yeah. <laughs> and they came in like little eight to twelve ounce cans, and you just opened it up, and it was like, raw. Give me a rippet. <laughs> You didn't shotgun it. Yeah, we didn't shotgun that rip it. Like two, it's like three gulps and it's done. <laughs> right. And, and back then we had the good rip fuel that, that had the, uh, um, what was it? The epinephrine in, like the, the shit that wasn't, the, the, they didn't like, you know, the FDA didn't come in. They were like, oh, <laughs> shit, this is like meth. So we had that shit. We were popping that. Uh, and just on the go. Yeah, rip it fuel, man. Oh Dude, shit, go rip so, it fuel. So we got up, we got up to Karma, and what I've learned is Karma was Karma was more or less the city that the Fallujah fighters would practice their uh, tactics in. Right. So uh, Karma was pretty bad. I think the day two we were there, the army guys again the mech dudes they were making fun of us because you know and I, i'm a boot so it's like you know and we're out in the middle of the town where we've taken over um, um a haji house and we're living out in the middle of the town doing a rip with the army a relief in place and you know we had two buildings out there my platoon was in a lone building and we were going to get mres from the other building. Well, if you went to go get MREs, if you stepped out of that door, if you went to, to the Porter Shitter or wherever, went to go take a water bottle shower out back, you were in full PPE, right? Glasses, gloves, um, helmet, uh, vest. So the Army's out there. I remember this. They were playing football, 
and they were shirtless, right? They just had their BDUs on, um, throwing the football around. They were making fun of us, and they were like, why are you guys walking from building to building with with all that gear on? And I was like, you know, and it's 120 degrees. It's like summer fighting season. What Um, happens? And we were like, we were like, no disrespect, man, but like, didn't you just have a dude shot in the throat, like right over, like right here, <laughs> in our little, in our little um, um, combat outpost? And they were like, yeah, Doc, so and so, he was a good dude, blah 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 blah. Well, just then, about twenty seconds later, two RPGs go over, and then just uh, we get hit with uh, PKMs from three directions, um, just attacking our camp. And we were just like, oh, shit, for, you know? Like, for those who don't know what a PKM is, that is an bitch. automatic uh, machine gun that throws you know, seven six two rounds downrange faster than you could even blink an eye. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, like, that, and that, that I think, you know, really, really uh, tore us apart. Uh, and it distinguished us between the Army, right? Like, oh. there were... There were areas where they wouldn't go anywhere in vehicles. We were on foot. That, that was. You can you can say the same thing about Afghanistan. Like once the Marines got into Afghanistan, they did not want anything to do with the army or with the Marines. They would only fight the army. Yeah. Just by the difference oh, yeah. of the uniforms. You can yeah. test to that, can you not? Yeah, it was. It was. Something, something distinguishing, um, but but there was the Taliban fighters would in Afghanistan, you know, would distinguish between us, and they would not want to fight us compared to the army. So yes. that shit's over 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 ICOM chatter. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you hear that all day long. Nope, it's the Marines. Fuck that. You know, you got a terp with you on ICOM chatter, man. They hear that shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is why I've been talking about why I love you so much is because you were a straight-up squad leader like I was. What was your first squad like, and how did you run it? Oh, dude. I, I, I <laughs> Come on, spill it. Those dudes, you know, but kind of not. <laughs> um, you know, because I was very hard on those guys. Uh, back then, we didn't really give them the whiff them, we call it, the what's in it for me. Um, it was do this or you're going to fucking die in, in war. Um, yeah. And it's kind of how, you know, I was brought up, except for the fact our senior guys were like OIF1 and two dudes. Yeah. So they just beat the shit out all the time. Um, we didn't beat the shit no. out of our guys. Exactly. We, we would explain to our guys we trained uh, them. a little bit more but it was still death runs and like you were in top notch physical shape, but, um, this is what I expected. <laughs> um, I think, I think, uh, Bethesda, when I went and when I went to visit one of my guys, um, I was his squad leader. I was a squad leader in 2011. Um, on my fourth deployment, we did, the 31st Mew when the tsunami hit Japan. And then um, we were on our way to Korea. We stopped in Malaysia and it was my birthday. It was my 25th birthday. We turn on the TV because we're going to go out and party. 
and my buddy's taking a shower. I turn on the TV, and this fucking tsunami is just smashing Japan. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, boys, let's go, let's go, let's go. We got to get our drinks in. So we go downstairs. We get we start drinking. And the Navy, of course, uh, some dudes from Shore Patrol come up. And they're like, y'all been recalled. Get back on ship. So we're like, fuck, we're trying to slam all these drinks. And anyway, we floated to... Um, uh, Japan, where we picked up after the, you know, dug bodies out of the mud, all that, all that stuff, uh, after the tsunami in, in 2011. And, and uh, my team leaders, I, I pointed over my team leader as a team leader from a dude who had three combat tours. He was a corporal. He had three combat tours, and this dude was worthless, dude. And I appointed a boot on that deployment, a junior guy as a, as a team leader over him. And I explained it to like the senior dude, right? I was like, Hey, we need to give him a shot. He's going to be around. You're not blah, blah, blah. So both parties, you know what I mean? And then I pulled that Lance corporal who I got meritorious promoted, um, to corporal on that deployment. He was my go-to, right? My a slash. Um, I was like, he's worthless. Stick by me. I need three mini me's so that we can, you guys can formulate twelve mini me's, See, right? So I, 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 I uh, gotta, I gotta stop you for uh, a minute because I'm over here trying not to laugh to myself because this is exactly the shit that I did. I was like, these, <laughs> these two fucking seniors are worthless. I, can't, I got, yeah. I got, I got, I got a combat boot that I'm about ready to promote to fucking team leader because I trust him and I understand that he knows what the fuck's going on. So I get it. I get it. Dude, and I'm telling you, man, like, those are the decisions you have to make. And, and and you can't just outright look at the dude, the corporal already, and be like, you're worthless. Sometimes, <laughs> you, can't. You, can, sometimes you can, but also, too, yeah. I need to turn my back. And in front of the other men, if I if that junior guy gives him an order, he better follow us. So you got you to gotta kind of read yeah, the situation. Trust and, me. We know you, we know you gotta play the lines. You gotta play the the good guy, yeah. bad guy. You gotta play good cop, man. bad cop. But dude, I I remember that dude took over a, a squad in Afghanistan. They went to Afghanistan the next tour. I left and went to be a combat instructor which I tried to fail out of combat instructor school to go back to Afghanistan with these fools. Um, but, it, but it, that was a whole different thing, right? Like I had to tell myself, I prepped these dudes to the fullest. Um, so anyway, um, that guy that I was telling you about, uh, my a slash, uh, steps on an IED. Um, you know, I, I automatically drop what I'm doing. I go, I fly out to Bethesda and uh, I walk in. And of course, me being me, I'm like, hey, I got that shrimping boat. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> are you going to be my first mate? You know what I mean? Lieutenant and, uh, Dan? <laughs> dude, uh, you know, he tells me, he's like, he's like, Sergeant. He's like, I did what you trained me to do. He's like, 
after I stepped on the bomb, he's like, I didn't cry, I didn't scream. I just started putting on my own tourniquets. And I was like, I think I got to go get my luggage outside. You know, and I'm like, I'm damn proud of you, boy. You know, like, <laughs> that was something that I think mentally I went through. And I was like, oh, shit, you know, like, and, and not only that, but like his parents and stuff, his family was there. I, I took his family out to dinner. And they were like, thank you for saving my son's life. And I was like, ma'am, like, I wasn't even there. And they're like, the shit that you trained him to do, he, you know what I mean? And I right. think that's where like, I stepped back and I was like, damn. Um, so I think, I think that's a better story of like uh, what I expected <laughs> out of my dudes, right? Like, and, and them actually applying it in real time. Uh, it's amazing, and of course, though. The kid, was, the kid was wearing GoPro, right? Um, so of course he sent me the video and it damn like to the T, like he did exactly what I trained those dudes to do, you know, but I felt shitty because I wasn't with them and I that, felt like I should have been with them. And that can be a hard pill to swallow. And that's where I think a lot of the veterans that you know, Phil crime that we served with, they were on a mute before our Afghanistan tour. And they kind of trained us and we went to Afghanistan and, you know, shit got fucked up and they, they regretted. So there, there's that out there too. There's that regret yeah. of not going with the men that you kept going with and going with, but you know, you got a career and things are moving ahead. So it's, it becomes one of those things of when, when do we get to have the bureaucracy to say, we're done with this shit. You know, I'm tired of watching other young men do this. Right. And, and, and to be honest, like never any of us that went through the shit, uh, I don't, I don't don't think we ever will. Uh, but I can tell you from my time in Iraq to Afghanistan, right. Where you're in Afghanistan. Now you're a senior Marine, right? We we went in 2009. We did the whole the push through the Helmand province, and nothing was fucking taught. You know, and no. I always I always give my SEAL buddies a hard time, right? Because I'm like, dude, you guys get all the intel. You guys are back at base camp or wherever, Leatherneck, fixing your beards. And I go, you know everything about this dude. Right, that I that I live next to his family, <laughs> everything about this guy, his family, his his past, and I was like, I know nothing, but he's got dirty hands at some points, you know. Like, right. I think he's we know what the fuck's up, like, and you got know. all this intel, and I gotta kill him before you. <laughs> and 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 the best part is, we get this little pamphlet that has dude in green letters. And don'ts in red letters. It's like, <laughs> all right, thanks, buddy. And they're like, go out there and get them, give them hell. You know, like, <laughs> give me rounds. Uh, <laughs> give so, me rounds. Hey, Gunny, I need another RPG. I'll get that down to you real quick, nicely. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man. And and it's crazy because the word had been going on since '01, right? Right. And, you know, eight, eight years down the road. We didn't get told shit. No. Our training for that deployment was all Iraq-based. Yeah, it was all Iraq-based, everything. All tactics from, from Al-Qaeda. We were, right? and, we and were in trench warfare, there. my friend. You're still sitting there. 
I think Bin Laden is the leader of Al Qaeda. You know, really, like you do your research, and it's Mullah Muhammad Omar at the time, right? Uh, right? All these things that I researched after I went on deployment, and I think that's what I stress to these guys. But all our, all the Iraq veterans treated that war like it was Iraq, and then yes. we get there, and we got fucking destroyed. We got beat up we got beat up day after day and it was like oh shit all right change my tactics let's do this yeah um, you had to change shit on the fly on the fly dude and it, it was, was playing it backyard was, paintball you know, iraq iraq it was we own the night in yeah. afghanistan it was like we are not moving at night. they don't move at night they no. no they, they sleep all they they go to sleep at night but in the daytime, you better believe they're fucking coming at you in their cornfields and their motorcycles and dropping shit off and feel like there was no oh, tech. Yeah. Like he said, there was no tactics for this. There was just guys driving into cornfields, running to mud holes, pulling out guns, shooting, and then jumping back on their motorcycles and taking off. And we were in trenches 200 meters apart from each other from the canals and Charlie Wilson's war and all that bullshit. Well, that, that, like, we didn't know anything about tunnel systems, anything like that, right. man. Like, we just thought we were fighting ghosts, man. And, like, yeah. um, and you got to think, you know, like, you're fighting an enemy on, on opium and, and adrenaline, right? Like, give me that. I'll take a K-bar to a battalion, dude. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, They're all drugged up and... Adrenaline. No. Oh, what a place. But, yeah, it's... It, I remember my first gunfight in... Afghanistan, I I looked at my, you know, we, we start taking contact, I identify where they're at, and I said, buddy team rushes, and I remember my Lance Corporal looking up at me, was just like, a face of like, what? <laughs> like, this is real? And I'm like, let's go, bitches. And I used to stand up to provide the enemy a target to shoot at, because I trained my dudes, um, to shoot when they when they have a when they have a target, such as myself, they will expose themselves. That's when I need you guys to fucking take well aimed shots. See, and this... I remember looking at these dudes, and they were do they were buddy team rushing us, and I was like, holy shit! They were using the same tactics we were about to start using, and I was like, this is on a different level, dude. Like yeah. this is. Well, that's the problem is they watched us fight in Iraq. They were trained to fight against us, and they had weapons that we had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, like, you got to think, like, the funding. I don't know too much about the heroin trade, right? But, like, from the documentaries I've watched, motherfuckers get rich from it. You know what I mean? Like, so right. think of, you know, 90% of these dudes... Are, are growing, they got money just buried in, in caches of, of heroin, you know? And I remember meeting this bearded dude there in Afghanistan, and I was like, you know, I'm thinking he's like fucking dev grew, SEAL team, whatever, and I'm like, oh, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm an agri agriculturalist. And I'm like, <laughs> what? He's like, we're here to teach him to, 
to grow corn and yeah, grow corn and like, like, wheat. Good fucking luck with that. Apple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good fucking luck with that is exactly now right. Get corn and wheat. Pound of corn. Yeah, uh, this motherfucker doesn't want to grow any wheat. Right. This dude's getting paid off a of fucking heroin. You think he wants to grow corn? <laughs> oh, fucking black tar, man. Yeah. You know, like, no, yeah. But, but the agriculture. Like, I was, I was in the middle of a firefight once, and I looked at my, looked at one of my junior guys, and I go, "Hey, you know anybody doing it back home banging H?" And he's like, "I yes, yes, corporal." And I was like, "Isn't it fucked up that somehow they're funding this war?" <laughs> and he was like, "What the?" And it, like, I just saw his mind just like trigger, and I was like, "Well." See you out there, kid. And I <laughs> 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 oh, fuck. Man, Brett, you remind me so much of me when I was in, when we, because we ran at the same yeah, time. Still, but the I'm way we ran, going, I think that's why we fell in love with each other when we first met each other, because we just run the shit yeah. the same way, man. Like, it's just like, hey, I'm going to take this one for the team, but you motherfuckers better know where the fuck it's at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, I'm telling you. Uh, dude, yeah, it was it was an, it was a very intense time, and you know, and, and unfortunately, we learned a lot back then. Especially was either KIA or wounded. Yeah, and we're like, well, we're not doing that again, or don't do that. And then the moment we've changed, they would change. Yeah, and you had to you had to stay on top of it and realize. I remember being in some parts of Afghanistan where I could walk in a line. With one person with a with a oh, metal yeah. detector out front, and the and other part curve, because you know, and that could have been the same day. Once we crossed this line, because the leader of the, the the leader of the Taliban in this part has has come up with a new way of pressure release, you know, and all right, well, they know that they've watched our tactics because during the you know relief in place during the rip of the different unit, they <sighs> test them. And they watch, oh, they take cover in that berm, cool, 12 IEDs in that berm. We'll put a dummy one in the road. Right. Uh, but yeah, you had to identify it, and you well, literally you could, had to change game you, plan like on the spot. You could never so, do the same thing twice. No. That, that was nope. the problem, was you could never do the same thing twice. If you did the same thing twice, bad things were going to happen. Yeah. I had, I had two, because I had I had a, I was the only one in the platoon that had Oakley boots, right? And you know we we punch out, and the EOD tech was like, "Hey, hey, suicide, come here!" And over the radio, and I was like, "What's up?" He's like, "Hey, check out your boot print," and I was like, "What about it?" And he's like, "Check it out. There's an IED right there," and. I had two of those where we dug them up. One of them, they they didn't start weatherproofing them yet. <laughs> so one of them, rocks had gotten in between the saw blades. Yeah. And then the second one, the battery pack had corroded over. Mm-hmm. And then every time we saw after that, it was wrapped yeah. up in a trash bag. Oh, man. And it, like, dude. I, I, the only reason I say, oh, man, is because I remember finding a few of these just like that, man. I'm telling you, this was crazy. This is why I love this man. He lived my life the same way I lived it. 
It was, yeah, it was intense. Like, uh, he wasn't even part of my squad, but the way he lived through his shit, the way he tells it, was exactly how I could, how I would have done it. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it. nothing changes, dude. Uh, I will fast forward through um, some different, I think, I did three or four other uh, floats on Muse. Um, and then the last deployment I did was, was the, the, the last deployment I did. So my seventh deployment, um, half of it was in Iraq in Baghdad. So I went from living in a, in a, in a, in a mud hut out in the middle of the town to, uh, the embassy where I had a big, big size fridge. I had a recliner chair. I had Wi-Fi, uh, And I think that really helped my wife and, and my kid, my, my four-year-old now. Uh, oh, four now. That, what's that? I said, oh, four now. Yeah, she's, she's about to be five in July. Um, but seeing her every day, and then, of course, I would call Phil and all the guys, and I'd be like, hey, dude. I'm, I'm living rough here. And they'd be like, is that a dishwasher in the background? I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you got the Air Force treatment. Bro, I, I, dude, I got a taste of that life. See, Kyle was an Air I, Force veteran, so. Dude, hey, I was uh, much... <laughs> he's bowing down ladies and gentlemen just in case you don't know you can't see it we can he's but he's giving the bow down signal but uh anyway bro we're getting towards the close towards the end and uh there's a thing i like to do called would you rather i was i was gonna wrap it up my bad i'm sorry to cut you off half of that was in uh, uh iraq and then the other half was doing the afghan withdrawal yeah so i was in kabul uh at the Abbey Gate with um, when the suicide bomber detonated. Um, so that was a shitty way to end, I think, the last 20 years of war. Um, yes. And then my battalion, we took 10 KAs. So I brought those dudes back home. Um, so you've been yeah, through a lot hard. more than the last time I talked to you. What's that? I said, so you've been through a lot more than the last time I talked to you. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely some, it was, it, I think out of that, and, and I was only in Kabul, we were only in Kabul for, fuck, man, like two weeks. Um, I would venture to say that was my roughest deployment. Um, just, just those, just those few weeks there. And, getting people out and how fucked up everything was. I think that was, that's shit that I'm still dealing with to this day. And I mean, I think it's been two years at this point. Um, but yeah, that was rough. Um, and it was a, it was a rapid redeployment. So I was in Kabul one night, Kuwait the next, and then San Diego. I was walking through the San Diego airport with blood still all over me. So it was like, Fuck. Here see, I am. You know what I mean? Well, uh, I, I'm not trying to cut you off again, but see, ladies no, and gentlemen, the people that are listening to this, that are veterans and the ones that aren't, that are civilians, see what the men and women that 
fought for this country go through? I mean, do you understand what sacrifices that are being made, what the way that you felt about yourself after doing some of these things? Um, it's, it's alarming. And that's why I think that, like I said, I'm going to say it again, but focusmarines.org, that's the place I would go check out because, like I said, it changed my life. Yeah. But uh, so, would you you want to do some would you rather's with me, buddy? <laughs> it, what is it? Would you rather's? Like, sure. what, do you do you remember ever do? Did you ever do that on the radios? Would you rather on the black ear? No. no? Okay, <laughs> my buddies did it with me all the time, and I'd be like, "Get the fuck off the black ear." But they'd always be like, would you rather marry, fuck, kill, Rosie O'Donnell? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Well, bring it on. No, no, these are cards, though. These are these are cards, actual printout cards. Oh, so they're like a little AD easier. 13. They're a little easier. Less uh, less um, military, you know, not as... Uh, yeah, not as vulgar. Not as vulgar. But we can go there if you want. I'll think up some real quick. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm okay. Sorry. Would you rather have a set of six milk-producing cow udders under your chest or have someone snip your Achilles tendons with garden shears? Ooh. And I have, like, seconds to answer, right? Yes. Yeah, and why? I'd, I'd do the udders for sure. Yeah? Why is yeah. that? I mean, I'm not, I'm not messing with Achilles, man. Like, that's, <laughs> I'm good. Nothing wrong with titties on your chest. Fuck no. Milk-producing right. titties. Milk, yeah, milk. milk. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm with him on the I'm, milk I'm thing. I'm not going thirsty. I'm uh, with him. Hey, cookies <laughs> with that milk? I'm with him on the milk thing. <laughs> I mean, if anything, you could just be, you know, uh, uh, was it like one of the freaks at uh, carnivals? Right. You know? <laughs> Who wants to hose my nipples? Uh, All right, yeah. next one. Okay, next one. Let's see. Oof. He's fumbling. He's, he's got it. Would you rather... <clears throat> write a death threat to the president and mail it to the White House with your return address or introduce your mo- your most recent ex to every new significant other you date. Oh, dude. The, the most recent ex. Oh, man, I'd rather just write a death threat to the president. Yeah, me too. Fuck that dude. Have oh, to dude, introduce every ex to thing. the next significant other really? person? They're, they're, they're going to tell... I, just, I told... I told I told my girl the other day, I was like, man, we should call our exes up and just be like, look where we're, look how we're living now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not that's not the way I look at it. I look at it as, oh, this bitch is going to say some shit on me. Oh, dude, I'd fucking, I'd say, it's me, though. You know, it's you. Right. Do they not, you know? Yeah. The old Snapchat <laughs> days. Hmm. <laughs> Do I get another? Uh, do, you want another? do you want another? <clears throat> this one's kind of easy. He's, he said, thank you, sir. May I have another? I, I know, I know. That's exactly what I heard. <laughs> Would you rather put your hand in a blender and turn it on or find a video of your parents on a BDSM porn site? Ooh. <laughs> what was the first one again? Put your hand in a blender and turn it on. Well, I would rather do that. What's wrong with fucking, dude? You know, and like that's oh, I I'd look back at that and I the video and I'd be like, I wonder if this is when I was created. (laughs) (laughs) Oh 
question. How old is this video? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe what you do after is, yeah. Yeah. Man, wait a minute. I just witnessed my birth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right, buddy. Hey, man, I'm going to let you go. It's been good talking with you, and you know I love you. Yes. I love you guys uh, as well. How are you? Uh, we're going to go ahead and call this the end of the episode. Well, what about uh, any closing thoughts for you? Oh, what? okay. What is your most memorable thought of Todd Nicely? Oh, what's your, no, it's what's your favorite Todd Nicely story? Okay, yeah. What's your favorite well, Todd Nicely story? We already talked about it. I think us just rolling around is probably one of my favorites. And what was it? And, mud and, 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 and dog shit. shit. To, yeah. To go, off of, to go off of that is just like how how much your your life has been shitty, right? But but also too like how much of an inspiration you've been to others myself included you know what i mean not to like suck you off at the end but hey you know, like, buddy hey <laughs> <laughs> you can anytime you want <laughs> hey did did he mention no. you know he told me um when he was about to call you he said that uh that you were his hero yeah oh no <laughs> yeah that's literally what he said to me we're all each other's heroes. Okay. <laughs> you are, buddy. You're my hero. Because you know why? Like I said, every story that we, I think that's why we got along so well that night was we were telling stories and fucking oh, every yeah. one of yours was exactly like mine. And I love you for it, buddy. But then we wrestled to decide whose was worse. And I don't and, know if that was yeah, a I good don't care idea. I do arms or legs. You still wrestle and just. <laughs> 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 all right good sir you have a good night buddy all right guys thank you for the call hey. and i look forward to the podcast coming out yep love you buddy love you guys peace Bye. out all right well we're still recording do you want to do closing thoughts closing thoughts yeah um if i had any closing thoughts on that i would say you know he told it all he told the story of every veteran that was doing what they were doing and we all relate to it so Mm -hmm. if there is any veteran out there struggling find help yeah for sure someone out there and that i think that's the closing thoughts that i have for that what about yourself uh i mean i would definitely agree with you um i would like to say that like what they what you guys were saying you know there is somebody that needs you out here always there is always at least one person that will miss you when you're gone and when you are gone, it is just you being selfish at that point, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to selfish word. I know, but... But maybe we'll hold that for the next episode. Fair enough. Okay, Um. well, if anybody has any emotional or concerns, comments, emotional outbursts, they can always contact us on uh, on Instagram, Instagram YouTube. Uh, I don't know if... I don't think we have a Facebook yet. Um. I, I mean, know. but you could just email us at when does the fuckery end at gmail.com. I mean, shit. Yeah, we'll answer your calls. We'll I mean, your emails. Well, emails. Yeah. You know what I mean. If yeah, you yeah. leave a phone number, maybe we'll give you a call. See what's going yeah, on. Exactly. Uh, did you want to mention something about cakes or, you know, beef? Cakes. Britney's? Oh. No, no. We can't. <laughs> we can't. <laughs>